Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 121 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to go out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for being with us this week on the podcast. And I hope your 2020 has started off well. You've got out in the bikes. You've maybe got that new bike from Santa and uh, you're getting into the new season with good trails and good weather and uh, good stoke. So hopefully that's all happening for you already in 2020, guys. Now, in this week's episode, we are chatting to Brendan Conroy. Now, Brendan is a 15-year-old ripper. He's the Gravity Enduro Irish champion, and uh, he certainly is a threat on this MTB racing scene. I first heard of Brendan when Robert from Freewheeling interviewed him at the end of his win at Carrick, uh, the overall win at Carrick, and um, I thought he came across so well. At that stage, he was 14 years old, I thought he came across so well just with that short interview with Robert that I had to get him on the show. I had to find out a little bit more about how he's got so fast at such a young age, how he got started in mountain biking, what stokes him about the whole thing and uh, how he got involved with the 50 to 1 crew and possibly off the back of his Instagram account, Joust Man, where he posts up videos of himself doing these 360s and jibs and tricks and all this crazy stuff that, that I dream of doing, he's doing at 15 years old. Um, so he got involved with the 50 to 1 crew, still knows those guys, still chats with those guys on social media and stuff. And um, we chat to him about that, how that all happened. We also chat to him about how he got invited to the Steve Pete City Downhill Classic. And of course, the first time there, he won that. Of course. And we chat to him about meeting Steve Pate and how it was like to meet a lot of his heroes at that time. And around this time, he was maybe only 10, 11 years old. It's crazy, crazy, crazy story. So we chat to Brendan about that. We chat to him about his win of the Gravity Enduro. And we also chat to him about the 2020 season and what he has planned for that. It is my pleasure to welcome Brendan to the MTB Tribe podcast. So without further ado, let's hear from the young man himself, Brendan. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi, Brendan. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Great to have you on, young man. How's things? Uh, all good here. Thanks for having me on. No worries, bud. No worries. And listen, um, as far as I was concerned, you were 14, but you turned 15 uh, this week. So happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Do you feel any different being 15? No, not really. Still riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get for your birthday? Ah, few bits, all bike related. <laughs> all bike related. Was there any gear you wanted that you got that you were surprised with? Uh, got a helmet, new full face. So, so I need one for next year. Aye. You know what? I knew you. Were, I knew you were going to get a full helmet. If you'd have had, if you'd have asked me what present do you think I got, I would have said a full face helmet. is it is it green no all black oh oh, okay well that's okay got one one out of two right anyway (laughs) all right well bud thanks so much for coming on the show it'll be great to chat to you and uh, hear your insights about your season and what you've got coming up next year and everything so thanks for joining us on the podcast 
Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And I know you've listened to a few of the shows and stuff there. Um, what do you think? Are we doing all right? Oh, yeah. Doing a great job of documenting <laughs> everyone's perspective. <laughs> good stuff, bud. Good stuff. Well, listen, uh, we'll get into stuff here, but I first want to chat to you about the the 50 to 1 crew that you're a member of. <laughs> yeah. How did that all come about? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just sort of met some of the people like Josh Lewis and Josh Bryceland and some of them lads. I just sort of met them way back in 2015. I think it was about 2015, 16, 17. I just sort of met them over those years and just sort of kept in contact with them all the way through. And still now, even just still talking to them all. But yeah, so good group of lads. Yeah, so you were about 10 years old when you met them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And where did you meet them? Uh, I first met them at Carragh EWS. Yeah, man. And what was that like, meeting those guys? Yeah, it was like, I'd, obviously I've keep up them, followed them since before that even. So it was like meeting your heroes and all. But yeah, they're just sound out real nice lads like so mm-hmm. all good mm-hmm. and you you got introduced to them and you met them and stuff and did they know of you before that had you your instagram account at that age you know what how did you how did they kind of pick you for the crew how did it all work out yeah well there's there's no real like set crew with them it's just sort of everyone's just following with them and all but yeah, I had an Instagram back then, but it was only after then that I was sort of on the radar a bit more. But yeah, just good group of lads and good fun. They enjoy riding their bikes, same as myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did they ask you to do anything for them or to post videos or do anything like that? Like, how did you kind of, how did you kind of integrate with the guys and what have you been doing with each other and stuff? Yeah, it's just for like, because I've, like, I've met them a few times each year. And, like, I've been going over to Sheffield for the Steel Sea Downhill the last two years. And then there's the Irish EWSs before that. And so it was just sort of, at first it was just meeting them at the races and all. And just sort of saying hello to them and that. But, yeah, through Instagram it's just sort of, you know, they inspire me. And I look at their videos and get a bit of inspiration out of it. But... Then I just post it and, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's cool. And you don't have any commitments or anything to them, do you? You don't have to do stuff for them. It's just when and where kind of thing. Yeah, like, no, like 50 to 1's not a team. It's just sort of them having a bit of fun, whipping out a camera and filming what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But, cool, man. Well, it sounds, it sounds amazing. And then you got invited to the Steve Pete Steel City Downhill Classic. Um, you came first in that as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, just such a good day over there. Again, meeting all them with your heroes and just having fun. Loads of practice laps and then, yeah, just had a really good race run. Just enough to win, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, was Steve Pete there? Did you meet Steve Pete? Yeah, met, like he's sort of... He races it himself, and then he's mm-hmm. also helping organise the bits 
in between as very suns and all. But oh, it's a great day out over there. Like it's just like the amount of fans. Like it's known as the biggest little race because it is that. It gets the same crowds as a World Cup, but it's just on a little wooden Sheffield. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's a real good day. Lots of excitement. <laughs> Yeah, and how did you initially feel when you were asked to the event for the first time? Well, at first it was just sort of, again, talking about it in Ireland. And then I just sort of made the commitment to go over to it. But I was, the first year, you know, it was real good. Just, again, riding with them and all that. And then this year when I went over, I was riding on a bike that they gave me and also. That was special. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's so cool. And, you know, what? what's it like riding with those guys? You know, is it something yeah. you ever thought would happen? Or Oh, like, you'd never think that you'd be doing trains with them in practice. Like, it was, like, I'm just there following down the people I look up to as I'm just going down their local wood. But, oh, like just the flow they have like they're they're cruising and you're struggling to keep up like it's (laughs) a different level like yeah yeah but i'm sure you look at it um gives you motivation and and i'm sure those guys help you out whatever way they can with some tips and hints and things did you ask them for anything like that oh no i was just completely blown away like i was just riding with them it was just you just pick up on what they're doing though anyway you just see them preload into a corner pop up into something and you're just like looking at it the whole way down just mind been blown like they're just hopping off little bits on the side of the track and just having fun but they're still quicker than you mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i know what you mean they're, they're just cruising they're having a bit of a laugh and you're trying your best to stick, stick to their heels <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be that would probably be like me with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, did it help you? Is it good for you to keep you stoked, to keep you motivated? Is all that kind of work in in your favor? Yeah, like I just you see all the videos they're putting up, and it's just they're again they're all just so talented. You're just constantly looking at what they're doing and saying like you'd like to see yourself been able to do what they're doing or been the inspiration that they are. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, it must be so good for you, man. And, you know, 14, 15 years old, having that experience is bound to make you look at those guys and, you know, and say, okay, I need to be at this level or that's the level I'm inspiring to. It keeps you motivated, it keeps you going and knowing that there's a lot more you can do and you can always be learning, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it is just, again, you're just looking at them and saying that's where you'd like to get to. No, very cool, very cool. They're on a different level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, I I normally ask guests about their early days um, and how they get into mountain biking, but you're kind of still in your early days, so... (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you, you grew up in Wicklow. You're from Wicklow, isn't that right? Yeah. From Glendlock sort of area. Okay, cool. So just all the mountains on my doorstep, living out in, in the woods. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So you have got trails and all very close to you, have you? Yeah, just able to cycle from the house onto a hill. 
Wow, okay. Yeah, man, that's amazing. So how did you first get started in mountain biking? Um, yeah, like I was just sort of tricked around the house riding bikes, but it wasn't serious. And then in 2012, my brother was going to a race. And again, it was just, it was 15 minutes down the road, just a local race, XE one. Mm-hmm. And he was going to race it. And then we got there and there was an under eights class. So this was, yeah, I would have been seven. So I was just decided lash on number plate and give it a go. But like I was there, I had no idea, no, knew no one there. It was just loved it though. Like I went, I remember doing practice and I went to do the full course instead of the under eights loop. So it took me a little while to get around and practice. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just done that race and had finished up and like just buzzing from it. And like my dad was talking to someone there and they're like, oh yeah, there's another one next week in Ticknock on the biking blitzes. So it's like, hey, do you want to go to this one? And I was just so straight away, just couldn't wait for the next one and just grew exponentially from there, really. Just, yeah, yes. that, that's that's cool, man. So when you initially done that race, were you hooked on racing? Was the racing thing a little bit different for you? Did you... You know, did you really look at the racing and, and get inspired by that and that's what you wanted to concentrate on? Uh, well, like, obviously before that, I that was around time I'd seen, like, I remember going into the bike shop with, like, a little puncture or something, something simple like that, and the bike shop was like, oh, you should look at this video, and it was, like, Danny McCaskill's 2009 video. So, like, mm. I was seeing what he was doing. So I always like was looking at the trick side of it as well. But yeah, I loved the race on from an early age as well. Still do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and your your Instagram account, um what's your handle on there? Juice man juice man? Yeah, Joe's man. Joe's man. Okay, cool. Um yeah, because you've got lots of videos on there, uh lots of 360s and jibs and backyard yes. stuff. Um, so tell us a wee bit about the videos. How did you get started in that? What made you want to film them? Again, it was the people you sort of see riding. So I was always looking at sort of the videos of the other people riding and sort of saying, yeah, I want to be able to do that. I want to do this, that and the other. So then, yeah, just sort of started taking a few videos of myself. And then it, yeah. As I progressed, sort of filmed more and more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a few funny ones of me starting off and crashing, <laughs> just <laughs> trying to do something that still probably wouldn't do now. Mm-hmm. So you started this, you know, kind of doing the tricks thing. What age were you? You started that at seven or eight, did you? Yeah, sort of not a any big level but it was sort of stoppies wheelies one-handed wheelies that was all sort of what I was trying to do like it was all the basic skills learning to bunny hop little wheelies and all and that was just going around the house everywhere I could I'd give one a shot like until I got better and better at them but yeah it was just yeah just loved it from the start and I was just gonna ride every day so yeah. Better. yeah cool man and 
nowadays when you go to make a video, is it a one-take wonder or do you have to work <laughs> on these things? No, far from a one-take wonder. <laughs> like, like sometimes it's just constant. Like learning 360 is probably the hardest one. I just had no idea how to do it. So I just sort of gave what I thought was a good attempt. And like I'd get to 90 degrees and I'd already be starting to fall down. Oh no. (laughs) So like, yeah, sometimes it can take days. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll do it first time. But when a camera comes out, that's very rare for me. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to to take the bruises first. uh. (laughs) Yeah, good few crashes. But yeah, you're always learning from it anyway. And you're able to look back and see what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong where it's going wrong for you but yeah it's just riding your bike with a camera out really and then if it's something you think's cool and worth putting up why not mm-hmm. oh that's true man that's very true what about like foam pits and stuff have you done any of that <laughs> i've never actually rode any airbag or foam pit really yeah softish ground that well i thought was a bit safer <laughs> probably not the best but <laughs> your dad needs to build you a foam pit (laughs) I've tried suggesting half pipes a few times but I think (laughs) it'd start with that and soon I'd have a full skate park built out the front yeah yeah for sure Um, but I'm sure where I film all the videos is just in the in the woods just like five minutes from the house anyway I just cross the road and I'm in the entrance. So it's just a playground. I dig with a shovel and build something and ride it then. So like that, I'm just able to have access to these things and ride wherever I want. So that's handy. You can just ride every day after school and all that. You just yes. come home. and Even in the darker days like we are now, you're able to just go out even on BMX for 20 minutes before it's dark mm-hmm. so that's good yeah it's very handy that you're close it definitely makes a difference eh? yeah yeah it's cool really man good. um is there any tricks you're working on is there anything you want to do or want to make in the near future uh well yeah i'd like to just sort of keep progressing with it and like i always sort of write down places i'd like to build and what i'd like to build and sort of what I'd like to do with places, but again, some of them are a bit unrealistic, but <laughs> some of them have worked and do work. But yeah, just work on doing stuff as it comes to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And it's it's very different from the racing thing, of course, but does it take your mind off the racing thing almost when you're still doing all your tricks and stuff? Yeah, for me, like... I just enjoy riding my bike. So, like, I go out for a spin and then I'm able to just, like, hit up a jump spot on the way home or some days I'm just sort of in the mood for going out and doing tricks. So that's all I do. But, yeah, it's it's just two different things, really. Like, when I'm racing, it's sort of going for it and trying my best to go fast. But... Yeah, I enjoy just, again, I always loved filming and the trick side of it. And, like, I think people sort of look at people doing tricks and they're, like, you're sort of more blown away by it. And then 
yeah, like the racing side, I'm I'm not really the kind of person who people are blown away by my speed or anything, but ah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing fine to be honest. That uh, we'll chat about we'll chat about your racing and stuff uh, for sure. Um, so I'm interested in: do you do any other sports at school or anything, Brendan? Or have you? Do you not uh, do anything? Not interested in anything else? I don't really do anything else now, but sort of try me on a few school bits gets me out of class for a while. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah. No, I used to do a bit of Gaelic and a bit of hurling and whatever, but yeah, wasn't really. Just preferred biking. Ah, I so see. It, like, it was sort of like the matches were on the same day. I'd got there was like club youth spins, so I just sort of made the choice that I wanted to ride my bike instead of run up and down a field. <laughs> so that mm. was it, and haven't looked back to any other sports since. Yeah, and what do you think it is about mountain biking that was so different for you? Uh, I like I just loved you were out in the wood and you were going fast, like you were going fast. You were feeling like you were doing stuff that's hard, and you're just enjoying going around berms and getting a little bit of air time, skidding around. I know just. Loved it, and then again, like I was hooked on the race, and as well, just trying to go as fast as you can for the whole race. But yeah, it just appealed to me from young age. Mm-hmm. Did your dad ride bikes, Bren? Uh, no, not really. Like he raced motorbikes, but mm-hmm. that was about it. Yeah, and your brother David, isn't it? Um, yeah. What age is your brother? Is your brother a good bit older than you, or? Um, he's the eldest brother and I'm the youngest in the family, but he's 21, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, cool. So he's obviously encouraged you and you've kind of seen him racing and, and yeah. enjoying it and stuff. So uh, I'm sure that's that's good. Does he encourage you? Does he keep you motivated? Does he keep you, you know, interested in it? Yeah, because like he was the first person I sort of seen every day ride. So like for me, it was just, again, it was a, it was probably a bit of a burden on him having to drag me around when I was really young, but <laughs> yeah, he did it anyway. So, but yeah, again, he just sort of who knows might need to be cycling if I didn't see him riding. So, mm-hmm. that's he's a big part in it anyway. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And your brother's XE and cyclocross champion, so he's you know yeah. he's a good rider, eh? Um, he used to race enduro as well, so he has mm-hmm. a lot of skill. Yeah. So what made you go down a different route from your brother? Uh, well, again, like I loved when he was racing enduro. I just loved watching him race, and I I know just sort of appealed to me. You seeing everyone riding with each other up the fire road, seeing him having the crack with people. And then you'd see him going, doing jumps, going flat out down a real rocky or real rooty bit of trail. And that just appealed to me more than the XE. Like, I still race XE, the odd bit, and the cyclocross. Just, again, on the side, still riding a bike, still a bit of fun. But, yeah, can't see myself getting as serious into it as him. (laughs) Fair bit of gravity on my side. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. And David's only doing XC and cyclocross now, isn't he? He's not. He's not venturing yes. into the enduro thing at all. No, I'll try twist his arm another bit, see can he make a comeback. But <laughs> uh, okay, I wouldn't rule it out yet. But we'll see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And do you guys ride together? Do you just go out and train together? You know, do you just take spins together? Yeah, we do the odd bit during the summer when he's home, but again, not a lot because he does a lot of serious training and road training. So it's only if he sort of has a free bit in the evening that would go out like during summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. Um, so what about things like school and friends Brendan because you're still a young lad how do you balance all that yeah it's just like you just enjoy your time in school and have a bit of crack with the people in there and obviously they all know that I ride my bike and all so it's just then obviously I'm not there in the weekends I'm just off cycling but yeah it's been just yeah just going to school riding then on weekends and after school. Mm-hmm. Do you have any friends at school that ride? Uh, no, not really. Like there's one or two, but it's not a big scene, surprisingly. But. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, they're all more into hurling and stuff like that, and. Yeah. I it's weird that you know. Um, so what keeps you motivated? You know, because when I was younger. Um. I, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, right, okay, I'm going to say it. I played a lot of golf when I was younger, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and it was I was quite good. Like, I had a hand, when I was your age, when I was 14, 13, 14, that's what I was doing. I was playing golf at that age. I was, I had a handicap of eight. I was very good. I was on the Port Stewart team, yeah. uh, all this. But I had no friends that played it. And eventually, I got fed up of walking around golf courses and practicing myself. <laughs> Do you not have the same thing with the mountain biking side of things? No, not really. Like, I just love riding so much. I think it wouldn't bother me either way if I was on my own the whole time or if I was with people. Like, I just love it so much. I'm constantly thinking about bikes or riding bikes. So. Yeah, just sort of keep myself motivated and then, again, looking at videos of what's going on outside of Ireland and in Ireland. Mm-hmm. It sort of helps just seeing what some of the good lads and pros are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you look up to any of those elite guys at the minute? Yeah, like, I, again, I love watching sort of Emilio Hansen and some of the dirt jump and slope style riders. And, like, some of the BMXers as well, you're able to just see how they flow around and boost real high and all. But then, like, in mountain biking, I love watching sort of... Well, again, I I always had sort of old mountain bike movies, like The Tipping Point and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I just loved watching all them and the old downhill videos. But, yeah, like, now, obviously, there's no denying the speed Loic Bruni and them have. It's cool to watch, like, just flat out down the tracks mm-hmm. uh, again, like all the 51 lads I'm just looking at what they're doing and just getting creative with the riding sort of a different outlook on most riders mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and when you're watching those guys on film and stuff, do you look at what they're doing, you know, their body position, their feet position, their arm position when they're hitting corners and hitting jumps? Do you look at it like that? Will you stop, rewind, watch bits? Are you that much into it? Yeah, like, some, obviously sometimes if I see a clip that just, I'm just completely blown away, I will just watch it a few times, just try and see what they're actually doing, like, so mm-hmm. I remember, like, it was like that with some of the old Sam Hill videos and all, where he's just completely blasting around the inside of the corner that no one else is doing, but, and, like, now it's the same with how people are doing tricks, like, if I want to learn a trick, I look at people doing it and keep re-watching until I sort of understand what they're sort of doing differently to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, it's it's cool that you're, you're still so young, but yet you're looking at these things with that kind of professional eye trying to improve yourself. Um, but you still seem to have a lot of fun in what you're doing, and I think that's a big part for you is having fun. So yeah. how how do you kind of balance the two, or do you have to, or is it just a natural thing for you? No, it is just a natural thing. Like, I just, again, I just love bikes so much that, like, if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't still be doing it. But I just, every aspect of riding, I just love so much. Like, I love the race, and... I love messing around and doing tricks and I love like filming other people and doing all that. So yeah, just it's more out of interest that I'm watching it instead of and I'm just watching it again for motivation, like but yeah, it's more of an interest that I'm watching it instead of trying to see what I can do better. Yeah. Yeah, it's not almost like it's an assignment or school homework yeah. or something that you have to do it. You just do it because yeah. you want to anyway. It's just habit. I, I'm constantly looking at riding and other people's style. Mm-hmm. Cool, man, cool. And, you know, you're still only 15. Do you even think about training or anything like that? Or <laughs> No, no training. I'm just riding my bike, having fun. Yeah, that's cool. And that's important, do you not think, at that at your age? You know, for other young guys wanting to get into it, do you not think that's important? Yeah, I think training can come later when you're sort of have more of a, more of an idea what you want to do. Like maybe in a few years if I turn around and decide I want to race this or race that. Obviously then I might start training and because I know you have to do a bit to be good at a race on high level. But mm-hmm. at the moment, like, up until now even, like, I'm just having fun riding my bike, and I think that's how riding a bike should be. It shouldn't be sprinting up a fire road, doing intervals, or all that can come at a later stage. But for me, I just enjoy riding my bike. And I think back to, like, the 100,000 hours thing or whatever it is, you'll get good by just practicing what you're doing. Like, you'll get better riding a bike by riding a bike. So. Mm-hmm. that's just how i'd look at it yeah and i think for somebody of your age um it's well for anybody to be honest it's very important just to have fun if you lose the fun aspect then why even not, bother really yeah you're not gonna want to ride your bike you're not gonna want to go out and do it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just how in how you make intervals fun mm, it's a good <laughs> question don't do it <laughs> 
Good stuff. Uh, let's chat a wee bit about your results then. So, uh, 2019, you raced junior men's? Yeah. What category did you race the year before? Were you in youths then the year before? No, I moved up a category just, again, for my own fun. I just sort of wanted to challenge myself. So I moved up to junior a year earlier. Okay. So. That's grand. Um, so you've been racing in juniors a couple of years, have you? Yeah, raced the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was it like? So you raced, did you race youths at any at any stage then? You obviously yes, did. I did my first year of race on a youth. Mm-hmm. And what was the move like from youth to junior? Did you see a big step up in, in talent and, and everything else? Yeah, there was a big step up, but I always loved, like I'd say, there was, when you'd go to a new place to race in Enjora, I was always sort of looking at doing more than just, because you were doing three stages in youth instead of the full course. Mm-hmm. And obviously I enjoyed doing, riding new trails and doing as many as I could. So then I just sort of made us sometimes doing the full yoke and practice anyway, and then race the tree. But yeah, I just sort of decided to move up. There'd be more competition, more trails, more fun. So that's what I did. Mm. And it obviously worked out very well for you. Yeah, enjoyed it. And yeah, mm-hmm, very Done good. No harm anyway. No, no, definitely not. Well, you're the 2019 Gravity Enduro Junior Champion. Yeah. Uh, you won the overall there. Um, so in Ballinastow, you, you came second. Killaloe, you were first. The Champs and Slade, yeah. you were first. Um, you were also first at round four. Um and then in Carrick, you were fourth. In, in Carrick, were you taking that a little bit easier? Were you thinking of the overall thing? No, I just had a bit of a bike trouble on stage one, but... What yeah, happened? Tell us a wee bit. Tell us about it. It just got chain jammed up and sort of rung foot forward, and then it eventually came undone, came off, fell off. Anyway, so I just sort of had to stop and lost a good bit of time trying to get back on and trying to, I was riding slow because I was left foot forward, but normally I'm right foot forward, but mm-hmm. other than that, like, yeah, it was just a good day anyway, results aren't why I'm racing, I'm racing because I'm enjoying racing, isn't it, like. Right, okay, really, so you don't, you don't really go in thinking, you know, you want to be one, two, three, third, fourth, whatever, you yeah, don't really go like in with that more, mindset, no. It's more like I enjoy sort of looking at where I am compared to overall and all. And I like just seeing a bit of improvement in my riding and improvement in my times. So like I say, I'd look at where I am off overall first and overall top 10 and whatever. And it's just like, it's just that sort of the most reliable way of seeing how much you're improving week to week. Because like, obviously competition in your own category can be smaller so it doesn't always mean like someone else could have a bad day or you could have a really good day Mm. but yeah I don't know like obviously it's nice winning but it's not I think for the moment again it's just back to enjoying riding my bike and I just think racing's fun anyway trying to push yourself to the limit yeah so that's very interesting so you're kind of racing 
you kind of gone to it looking at racing the course and racing against your own time more than racing against yes. your competitors. Yeah, like in Enduro, it's racing against the clock, really. It's your own times is all that matters, like, because mm-hmm. it's your time that determines if you're going to win or not, and it's your time that determines if you're going to be back a bit or not, like, so. Yeah, it's not. It's just your own time, and, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not anyone else's fault, or, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does that encourage you when you see your times getting better? It obviously encourages you. You know you're doing something right. Does it does it help? Yeah. You know, keep you motivated that way as well. Yeah, it just sort of helps saying that I'm improving, just constantly improving and keeping trying to keep yourself up there when you're doing well, and then knowing that you still you do have that speed. Mm-hmm. That's always yeah. positive. And like, how did it feel to you, Brendan, you know, winning the overall? Were, were you happy about it? Uh, you know? Yeah, like, it, obviously, as I say, like, it's always really nice to win and you're always happy when you do win, but you're, it's not like, I think if you're, if you're only racing 100% for the win, you're not going to enjoy it the day as much. Like, Enduro is such a sociable sport as well that it's not always you can have a good day but ride bad because it's just it's fun riding up on transitions with all your friends and just having talks so yeah chatting Mm -hmm. away (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I suppose you know it helps with the nerves side of thing do you get nervous do you feel under pressure when you're racing yeah, like, I put a bit of pressure on myself. Like, well, I just get nervous before stage because obviously you are about to try and go quick as you can. But, yeah, like, it's there's no one putting pressure on me, only what only the expectations I sort of have for myself. But, yeah, no, not a lot of pressure anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's cool. And I think, you know, sometimes if you can ride pressure-free, you almost ride better, smoother, faster, whatever. And yeah. You're, you sort probably... of, you're sort of making mistakes if you're too wound up and too tense. You're not riding loose and you're not sort of riding, you're not sort of smooth and relaxed. You're sort of up tense and going into the wrong line and getting caught up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. And how about your competitors? Are you friends with the competitors you race against and stuff? Yeah good friends with all of them like you know you're again you're racing against the clock really so yeah all friends and all happy to see each other doing well mm-hmm. no that's cool man and like you know even with you being quite young you still see the social side of it and you seem to enjoy that is that a big part of the enduro pool for you yeah like i think enduro is nice for that reason and that's why like people sort of can get drawn towards the enduro because it does like even from an outsider's perspective you just see big groups of people cycling up together all happy and having a laugh so yeah i think it's important to just enjoy your day no matter if you're riding well or if you're riding bad it's Mm -hmm. just a good day out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure um so you attended two of the rounds at the first tracks enduro cup yeah um 
Was there any reason why you didn't attend the other ones or? Uh, just, again, I was just sort of doing other stuff them weekends. Because I got to try and race as much as I can at whatever race is on. But yeah, sometimes just other stuff was on and didn't always suit. But yeah, the two I did do, I think, yeah, it was, they were both Ravensdale I did. Because mm-hmm. obviously Champs was supposed to be in Ross Trevor or wherever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ravensdale is a real good venue, some nice trails. And again, it's just, yeah, different trails that you haven't ridden before and going out to different places. Because like, even though I'd raced Ravensdale earlier in the year, the Champs tracks were different because they had took stage one out of it and replaced it with a different one. They hadn't done four before, so there's a few different trails put in and it was again all new to me, so enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you won that as well, didn't you? Yeah, I won the champs. <laughs> cool, man. Now, with your success this year um, in juniors, have you any plans going into next year? Do you even look at it with any different kind of eyes because you're you're the overall champion? Will you approach it any differently? Uh, no, not really. Like, I'll, again, I, let's see, I sort of enjoy racing the under-16s because then I get finished up and I go back out to film the top lads coming down because obviously I enjoy filming other riders as well as myself, mm-hmm. so. That's just something I've done. But now, again, it's the same format of last year and year before. Like, I'm just sort of, it's the only pressure I put on is what I put on to myself. But no, like, I'm not going to do anything different or mad different anyway. But yeah, it's just riding your bike and having fun. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Um, now, let's chat a wee bit about your sponsors and Bespoke Cycles there in Wicklow as well, um, because they sponsor you. So how did that all come about for you? Well, again, Bespoke Cycles has been my local bike shop since like, they they, orig- they had a shop in Wicklow up until a few years ago. Mm. And obviously that's where we, that's our local big town. So we... Like, we'd go in there the whole time, just even in to just have a chat with them and talk about bikes and natter away. <laughs> but, yeah, well, obviously, unfortunately, they closed down mm-hmm. this year. But, yeah, mm. good bike shop and just sort of kept in contact with them. It was always where I brought my bike. And then they're the, they were the Santa Cruz dealer of Ireland. So once I got a Santa Cruz, they were the people who were going to be looking after it and they'd be who would deal with it anyway. So it all worked out in a good way. Mm-hmm. And and how did how did they help you as far as sponsorship and stuff? Well, again, like they, they'd help me with just sort of looking after the bike, keeping it running as good as it, as good as I can. And always helping out with, if I broke apart, they'd always be there and they'd just have a spare for me and, all that but obviously with the Santa Cruz like I've had it over a year now and changed only the parts that sort of wear down like I've only changed brake pads uh, grips tires that's all I've really changed on it so mm-hmm. yeah like holds up to me well which is lucky <laughs> yeah cool and what is that Santa Cruz you're on uh, it's 5010 so it's 
650B and 130mm travel front and rear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and- nice, light, fun, playful bike, but can still handle anything you can throw at it. So, yeah, I love it. Like, wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, no, it certainly looks like a, a weapon with you. Anyway, you seem to get on very well with it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, cool. So with uh, Bespoke Cycles, unfortunately, closed there now. Have you any anything lined up for the 2020 season as far as help or sponsorship? Have you put out feelers to anybody? Uh, no, I haven't really sorted anything yet. But yeah, sure. I still have the bike and all anyway. So. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I still have the mechanic still says he'll take my bike and whatever anyway, just work from home. So it'll all work out anyway. Aye, that's cool, man. That's cool. And it's really nice to have that support behind you, you know, for mechanics and stuff. It, it really makes a big difference. Yeah. Eh? Like, I've, again, I just we have that trust with him that he's never had a issue with a bike like he's always turned it out it's always been run perfect for me so yeah it's good to just have that someone you can trust with your bike and know that it's always going to be done to the same standard and it's always going to be run perfect mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's very cool man and so brendan what other gear are you using uh you got a new helmet what did you get uh just got troily designs d3 ones uh it's just again like the helmet, and, yeah. <laughs> that that's cool. And have you tried um, have you tried twenty nine er wheels? Or are they a bit big for you? Uh, I've tried them on next e bike, but no, I've never. So I've only ever owned them on XE hardtail. But yeah, maybe if I grow a bit. But <laughs> at the moment, like I'm still probably a bit on the short side for them, but. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that can wait till I grow a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Have you got um, have you got any favourite piece of kit you use there that you really like? Uh, well, the Santa Cruz reserve wheels are really nice. Like I've haven't touched a spoke in them all year. I've haven't done anything to them. Haven't changed bearings. Haven't haven't turned the spoke key in them so they're doing their job well and like no rim inserts or anything it's just holds up to it so that's mm-hmm. good i ah, excellent stuff what tires do you use uh i've been on the maxis minions dhf and dhr okay cool so. yeah yeah, it's interesting, and you don't change tires for any different types of terrain or anything like that, or if it's wet or dry or. No, I've just ran them all year. Uh, yeah, they're they're just good all round tire. They grip mm-hmm. slippy in the grip in the dry, so all mm-hmm. good. Aye, very good, very good. Um, so how does um how does your family come into all this for you, Brendan? How how have they helped you out, and how do they support you? obviously my mum and dad just play a massive part of it just been able to give me a lift here there and everywhere and obviously able to just drop the bike into the bike shop and able to pay for all the bits that I've broke over the last few years so that's obviously 
not easy, but yeah. Obviously, the last year having that support was massive because it just sort of reduced all the costs now. But and then just like having drive me over to England and going on trips like that. So yeah, it's really good just having families there. And yeah, you wouldn't be able to do it if you didn't have someone who could bring you places, and you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do it if they couldn't pay for the entry or all that. So I think it's a massive part from family support what you do and obviously they enjoy cycling now as well and do a bit themselves so it's mm-hmm. all good yeah it plays such a massive part for the young guys that you and the young girls racing you know because it's not yeah. cheap to do it um you obviously understand the costs involved yeah. and, and and things like that so i know you're you know you're very um you're uh you're obviously very happy that your parents are there to help you in that way and you're also very thankful for it um none none of us youth would be able to do it if it weren't for them like there wouldn't be any way we'd be possibly able to race and get get our bikes for a start like because again that's just like you wouldn't have got into the sport you wouldn't have been still doing it you wouldn't be going to the races or having the kit or all that so yeah it is they are one of the main factors of any people getting into it really because mm-hmm. like yeah. for us younger people it's hard otherwise there's no way you get into the sport so mm-hmm. are you a member of a club or anything brendan uh, yeah, i'm a member of epic mtb because obviously they started out by doing them youth spins but, mm-hmm. so obviously i've been in the club for since about 2012 as well so mm-hmm. all good yeah. and yeah they run a club league and they do spins and all so nice just having a club that you're able to go out on social spins and have few races local races and all so yeah it's good fun having a club there i think the club means a lot um that epic mtb seems to be a real good one as well yeah they, uh, they hold a lot of spins and hold a lot of events in the club like so yeah it's just a very active club and lots going on yeah cool man cool is there anything you can think of um that maybe clubs or local councils or sports councils or something that should be doing to help young guys and girls like you with entry fees and things like that do you think is that something that's required yeah i think like, I don't know, I'm not, not going to mention, because I don't know who you'd have to go to about it. But, yeah, again, I think there could be, there is a potential for some scheme to be put in place. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, another thing is having, say, the bike and all the e-huts and all. Like, they're putting in really good trails and there's bike parks now been built. So I think that'll only bring in people to the sport as well. If the more sort of play tra- the more sort of funded trails they're built, mm-hmm. like obviously Sleeve Blooms and all has been built on now. So again, that'll just bring another area into the sport more. So I think that's a good thing for getting people into the club. But then for people who are in it and funding now, I don't know. It just yeah, I don't know who you'd have to go about to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point because it seems to be we in Ireland there's such 
such good youth. The talent is really, really impressive. Um, but yeah, there doesn't really seem, and I'm maybe naive in saying this, but there doesn't really seem to be any structure there to help you as young guys get to events, pay for things, you know, get you as accommodation, fuel, whatever may be required. It seems to be all in the back of the parents. Um, so maybe that's something that we need to look at in the near future. But certainly, you know, for yourself, you understand the kind of commitment that your parents put into it and to get you to these, these, yes. you know, comps and events and stuff. Um, so it's, it's very cool, man. It's very cool. And it's great that you're aware of those kind of things as well. Yeah. You know, so we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Um, as far as you, Brandon, then and your future goals, have you anything planned for 2020 or are you just going to be doing more of the same? Yeah, I think it's just going to be more the same, more riding, more filming. Obviously, I've, I never sort of have a real set plan, but again, hope to do all the gravities, get up for a few voice first tracks, uh, travel around and keep up the filming side of stuff. And obviously, I have a few things that might happen, but can't say yet. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and are you going to plan anything over in the mainland, overseas, or anything like that? Yeah, I'd like to go to a few Enduros over there, maybe. Or, again, just sort of do another bit of riding over there. Mm-hmm. I think over in England, maybe, do a few of the national Enduro rounds over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's always something to put in the calendar, and hopefully you can yeah. take it off then. Cool, man, cool. Um, well, Thank listen. Other Sorry. people going, it might be handy enough. Obviously, be able to sort of split costs and all, and yeah. try and get a bit of group going over to them. But we'll see who's interested. Yeah, that would be cool, man. That would definitely help. Thanks for sure. Um, cool. So, how can people follow you, Brandon, and keep in contact with you and check out your your Instagram stuff? Yeah, the main one would be the Instagram, which is just at Jousman DG. D-J-O-U-C-E-M-A-N. But, um, and then obviously I have a YouTube as well, which is the same, but it's not as active. So the main one is just the Instagram and doing videos and keeping up with what I'm doing on there. Cool, man. And do you do you post up your race results and things like that on there? Uh, it's not really. Have, I don't put up much about the racing, but, yeah, it's mostly just pictures and videos of what I'm doing and tricks is mostly what it is <laughs> cool man uh well listen um i love your stuff um i love your just your outlook and the whole thing um so good luck yes. in 2020 whatever you get up to bud and uh, thanks so much for coming on and chatting to us it was great no to get you on the show thanks for having me on and let me blabber on for a bit <laughs> <laughs> hopefully people enjoy it or learn something or Aye, aye. And like for for any of the young guys out there that are listening to this and thinking of getting into the race scene or doing tricks and stuff, have you any kind of advice for them or is it just simply get out on your bike and enjoy it? What advice would you give them? Yeah, just obviously get out on your bike and enjoy it. But if try and link up with people and like obviously if you have friends who are doing it or people, you know, who've been doing it for a bit longer. Obviously, it's always handy to have someone a bit better who can coach you and bring you into stuff and all that. But again, just sort of 
try and enjoy it as much as you can and then don't get fussed over if you think you're doing better or worse than you should be or like we're all obviously we're all spending many years before we're really good at it but yeah I think just sort of someone who's a bit better than you maybe or a friend who's also going to get into it with you just try and stay motivated through that and watch a few videos of what people are doing and hopefully that can inspire you to get out sounds good man sounds good great advice there for sure um, well, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for chatting with us. And um, as I say, I hope you have a, a great 2020 and your racing goes well and you enjoy and get up some of those videos and stuff. And you'll maybe become a, a YouTube international star. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Good yeah, stuff, I bud. as a vlogger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. You're just, you're a bike rider, that's that, huh? Good stuff, bro. Well, listen, have a great evening. Thanks for coming on. And um, I know this will be going out after Christmas, but I hope Santa brings you some nice Christmas presents. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Speak to you later. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. That's a wrap for episode 121, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And Brendan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. It was great to chat to you. And I hope your 2020 season goes really well. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing, bro. It seems to be working so well for you. You're having fun. You're enjoying yourself. And it seems to play such a big part in you enjoying and, and doing well and having success in this mountain bike thing. So just keep doing it, mate. I, uh, I am glad we have guys like you in the scene. We need young, young, young blood like you. So, so well done, man. Thanks for coming on the show and thanks for having a chat with us. Now, folks, if you want to know more about Brendan, about his Just Man stuff on Instagram, just go to the MTB Tribe show notes. You'll find all the info about the show there. You'll find links to Brendan's stuff and a little bit more info on what we chat about. Now, if you want to support the show and help, the best way is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. Now, if you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen and download every show from there. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to the show and a short synopsis of who is coming on that week. You can also get involved, obviously, on the old social media platforms. We are on Instagram and Facebook, at MTB Tribe. And please, share the show, let people know, let friends know who may be interested in the podcast, and uh, direct them there would be fantastic. Now, thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. I appreciate your continued involvement with the show. And if you want to hear from anybody or you want to get in contact with myself, just simply email me, info at mtb-tribe.com. I do read all the emails and I will get back to you. I hope your 2020 has started off in two wheels. But until next week, as always, stay MTB stoked. Stoked.